0: Welcome back to the Ted Talks Fitness Podcast. I'm your host, Ted. And today we've got another Q&A. You guys crushed it with the questions I asked on my Instagram story for questions. And I've got about 16 here. So we're going to do three-part Q&A, right? I'm not going to do an hour or two-hour long podcast. I'm going to try to keep these to 30 minutes maximum. But we're going to answer some really good ones today, especially this first one I really love. Um, Yeah. Let's just hop right into it, right? This first one is, oh, yeah, I'm going to keep these anonymous. Can you be in too much of a deficit and then be spinning your wheels by not getting enough energy or cows? I track and have been in a deficit and have good muscle mass and lift three to four times a week and supplement with cardio, but I'm afraid to increase my calories. I'm not losing the fat I want to lose. So let's go over. I'm going to just keep this open, actually, in case I want to refer back to it. But let's go over what's happening here, right? I think the major part of this is, can you be in too much of a deficit and then be spinning your wheels by not getting enough calories? So can you be in too much of a deficit? Sure, absolutely. But I've heard this several times from people, comments, emails, um, questions, right? in IG, but also clients that first come on to working with me, they say they're eating too little calories. They can't lose weight, right? And there's two things happening here. It could be a combination of both, but generally it's one of these two things. Let's say, for example, you're eating two less, less of calories. Let's go for the stereotypical 1200 calories, right? You're eating 1200 calories. So you're not eating 1200 calories. You think you're eating 1200 calories, but you're tracking incorrectly. That's one of the major things I find happening is you're eating 1200 calories, but you're really not tracking everything. You're not tracking the either the Pam you're using on your pan, the spray, or you're not tracking the olive oil. You're not tracking several other things. This one time I had a one-on-one client. I still have him. He's still one of my clients. His name is Ralph. And he was tracking everything being meticulous. We were eating 15 to 1600 calories, trying to do a rapid fat loss diet for a month or two. And he was tracking everything and he just wasn't losing weight for two weeks. So uh, we, we had weekly phone calls. We hopped on the phone one Friday. I'm like, Ralph, during this call, you're going to tell me every single thing you put into your fucking mouth this week. And we went through for like an hour over the phone of everything he ate, and I made sure to get everything. And I asked him how he would track everything, what, what he was tracking and everything. And he was taking uh, when he was eating cereal, he was using measuring cups. He was eyeballing butter for his eggs. He was using olive oil on his vegetables, not tracking it. Uh, he was having some alcohol at night, wasn't tracking it. And people just think doing some little shit like that, you're, you can let it slip by. You can let it pass by. You'll be fine. No. If you want to lose weight, you have to be fucking meticulous. If you want to do it efficiently, right? If you want to do it in a time frame that you'll be um, happy about, you need to be meticulous. It's not fun. It's hard. And Um, That's one of the reasons it's so rewarding once you do it, right? You'll be so proud of yourself is because it's fucking hard, because you can't just go out and buy it. Like you go out and buy a pair of shoes. You need to earn it, right? You need to work for it. (laughs) But seriously, uh, this is what's happening. That's one. That's scenario number one. You're eating too little. You're not eating too little. You're not being meticulous. That's what's actually happening. Number two, right? Yeah. Number two, you are eating 1200 calories. Let's say right back to that. You are. I just touched the mic, but you are eating 1200 calories actually, but you're also binging. So this is another one that I commonly find people doing is the yo-yo diet, the binge and restrict diet, uh, the overeating and restrict diet. If you don't like using the word binge, but what does this look like? This looks like somebody's eating 15 or we'll stick with 1200, 1200 calories Monday through Friday, Monday through Thursday. Then the weekend rolls around, they go out with their friends, they have a couple drinks, they eat that pizza. And then they're like, Oh, this is fine. I can just eat whatever I want this weekend. And on Monday, I'll go back to my 1200 calorie diet. I know because that will create results. And then you just keep going through the cycle of completely restricting your life and calories and energy, right? And then completely overeating. And what ends up happening is each week you end up maintaining your weight. You're eating at maintenance or even in a surplus and you see no change on the scale, no change in body composition, unless if you're staying consistent um, with the gym and you're doing this yo-yo binge and restrict, you actually might see some changes in body composition, right? You might gain a little bit of muscle and lose a little bit of fat, but it will take months to see And uh, generally speaking, people who are uh, binge and restricting yo-yo dieting, they're also either drinking alcohol, smoking weed, and that's leading to the overconsumption on the weekend, right? So that's going to impair muscle protein synthesis, and you really aren't going to see body composition change. So it all comes down to not being meticulous and not taking the shit seriously. If you want serious results within your body composition, Composition within your fitness goals. You want a serious body transformation. You want to look like those people that you look up to, like me, Brad Pitt and Fight Club, right? Um, even though the, all those pictures are highly uh, selected, I won't I won't say edited because the ones I post aren't edited. It's just when I post a picture of my physique flexing, it's flexing. I've also posted pictures and videos on social media of me sitting down, slouched, not flexing, and people were like, "Oh, that's crazy. You look like that too." It's People think sometimes, I've had clients tell me they want to have abs relaxed. Nobody, okay, 1% of the population when they're lean has abs uh, not flexed. Your abs are not shown until you flex, even when you're 10% body fat. When you're walking around, you're using your abs so you'll see them. But if you're sitting down and you're 10% body fat, you're not going to see your abs. And a lot of people don't know that. I kind of just went off the question right now. That's, I guess that's a downside of not <laughs> scripting these podcasts, but I think that keeps it more real. Uh, let's let's move on to the next question, or let's move first, let's say, how do you fix this? First of all, increase your calories, right? Let's go back to, he said, uh, I'm afraid to increase my calories. Where did you ever get to in your life where you didn't have to step into discomfort or step into fear to get to success? Never, I'll answer that for you. It was a rhetorical question. So you have to step into that fear. You have to increase your calories, number one. But then number two, you have to ask yourself, am I actually serious about wanting to get results? Am I actually serious about wanting to achieve a body transformation? Get to my goal of losing fat and building muscle, getting to more tone, more athletic look, uh, more aesthetic, et cetera, feeling better, looking better. Are you serious about getting results? If so, start getting meticulous. Be really fucking meticulous and dedicated for a month. I've said this before, be super strict for a month, be everything, all these fitness people tell you not to do, including me, right? Sustainable. Be completely unsustainable and be super, super strict for a month. That way you can see how good of results you can get when you're strict. And then you could lean a little bit back from that and go back to a little bit more balance. Now let's move on to the next question. Uh, Let's see. Here's another good one. All right, a quick break for our sponsor of today's podcast from Transparent Labs. I work with Transparent Labs, and if you want to save 10% on all supplements, use code TED at checkout. And I believe and work with them for two main reasons. Number one, they're third-party tested. So what they say is in their products is actually in their product, and that's verified by a third party. And then that data is made public to you on Transparent Labs' website. Number two is they don't use proprietary blends like other supplement companies do to lie about what's in their product and inflate the product. So they use actual clinical doses. And then again, they third-party test that, right? So you know it's in there. And I don't care about this, but they don't use artificial sweeteners, dyes, or preservatives. Let's get back to the show. Do you need to get sore to gain muscle mass? Amazing question. Let me take a sip of water. So soreness is not a good indicator of, uh, results or, um, a good workout, right? It's not a good, soreness is not a good indicator of a good workout or an effective workout. Now, are you going to get sore from time to time? Absolutely. And if you're never getting sore, um, I mean, still that, yeah, if you're never getting sore, like over the course of a year, I'm not talking about over the course of a month or even three months, but if you're not getting sore in the course of a year, then something's up, right? You're either not training intense enough or you've just been doing the same workout program with the same weight for a whole year, right? So the most, the most sore you're going to be during the course of a year, two years, three years is when every single time you change out an exercise, really, right? So your body's gonna adapt to the stress you put on it and it's gonna get really good at the exercises, specific exercises that you do, So, right? So hack squats, for example, if you've never done hack squats, You're going to be the most sore in your fucking life when you go do a uh, one set, two set, three sets of hack squats to failure where you can't push the weight back up. You have to get off, take the weight off, then put it back up. You're going to be the most sore in your life. You're not going to be able to walk. But after a month of doing that, you're going to be fine. You you might not even get sore after adding 10 pounds, 20 pounds, 30 pounds in a week to your hack squat weight, to your working set of your hack squat because your body adapts that and gets good at it good at it and learns that stress, right? And adapts to that stress you're putting on your body. However, you stop doing hack squats and you change it out for something like barbell back squats that first month, you're going to be fucking killer sore, right? So that's what I'm talking about. You're going to be the most sore when you're switching out exercises. But if, when you're just progressively overloading, right? Adding weight each week, adding reps each week, you might not be sore the next day. And that's fine because as long as you're progressively overloading and training close to failure within three to four reps, That's a good indicator of a good workout. So let's go, let's go on that one topic real quick. And then we're done with this question. So how do you know if you're training close to failure or not, right? Because that is the most important thing. If you want results, if you want to get stronger, if you want to build muscle, if you want to look better, that is the most important part of your training, not the rest, not the exercise selection, how hard you're pushing yourself intensity, right? Training close to failure because it creates mechanical tension. But training close to failure, let's go over how you can do this at home right now today for your workout today. Take your phone, bring it to the gym, bring a a water bottle to the gym, right? This is how I used to do it. I bring a tripod now because I grew some confidence, but you put your, uh, I'm not saying you're not confident for doing this, but that was kind of, yeah. All right, so you put your phone against your water bottle like that, right? You lean it against to record yourself and you record one of your working sets, I don't care what exercise you use. And what you're going to do is you're going to compare those first three reps of your set to the last three reps of your set. And you want to compare the concentric part of the rep. What does that mean, Ted? That means if you're doing bicep curls, it's on the way up. If you're doing hack squats, it's when you're pushing up. If you're doing squats, it's on the way up, right? When you're pushing up. So the concentric, you want to see. If that is slower in the last three reps than it is in the first three reps. And it's not because you're purposely making them slower. It's because you can't produce enough force with your muscles to go as fast as you were at the beginning of the set. So one more time, take a video of yourself working out today during one of your working sets and can compare the last three reps of your set to the first three reps of your set. And if those last three reps aren't slower than the first three reps, you are stronger than you think, and you could be pushing yourself way harder with either more reps or more weight. Let's go on to the next question, and then we're going to cut the Q&A, right? We're going to do three. I want to keep these somewhat bite-sized. Let's see. Let me know if you like this, by the way, non-scripted podcast. Uh, I think it keeps it more real, more enjoyable for the person listening, you. But let me know. Um, I guess I should have picked up the questions beforehand, right? Here's one, actually, this, is, this was a nice long one, really specific from one of my longtime followers, Reese, I'll say his name. Um, so here's the question, right? It's very long. I have two questions, but they're too long for the box thing you DM'd me. Is the sauna a good alternative to a hot bath? Um, first of all, yes and no, right? Because the, he, he broke his leg, by the way. So have some broken leg muscles that are recovering. Doc told me hot baths will make it feel good, recover better. But I'm wondering if sauna will work just as good. So first of all, that's a really easy, quick question. Sauna is not, not as good as hot bath, even though it will still be good. The hot bath is more acute, right? It's like using a heating pad. To, well, water is even better. The hot bath is the best because it completely surrounds the focused area and applies the heat to that focused area, right? So sauna's good, not as good as hot bath. All right, number two, this one's gonna be the long one. I've lost my appetite and the ability to eat more food. Maintenance calories went down badly because he lost 23 pounds. Let's into that first. That is completely normal, right? When you lose weight, I have clients that are over 200 pounds. I have clients that are over 300 pounds. Their maintenance calories are so much higher than mine even though my activity level is higher than theirs. Why is that? Because when you are a larger human, you require more energy, aka calories, to maintain your body weight. So that's normal when you lose weight that your maintenance calories are also going to lower. What is the best way to recover, to regain the ability to eat more food overall and regain my higher maintenance? This is a great question. So you're never going to uh, regain your maintenance that you were at 23 pounds when you were 23 pounds heavier, right? But you can increase your maintenance by doing three things or many things, but here are the three most effective ways, right? Consistently weight train three to six times per week. I'd recommend three to four. I, well, I'd recommend four, right? That'd be the best. But if you could only get in there three times, amazing. Hit your protein goal every day, right? That's number two. And hit 7 to 12K steps a day. Literally just do those three things and your maintenance calories will not only grow over time, but it will grow immediately starting from the first day that you start doing that. I have a little bit of my appetite back. Still only ate like half a plate of 840 calorie dinner. Still better than eating a fourth of a hamburger. So that already working to recover. Um, Yeah, man. I mean, the only way you're going to, I'm going to answer the question about how to increase my appetite because that was another question from him. It's going to be from doing what I just said, but also maybe a little bit of higher intensity cardio, right? So increasing your energy expenditure is going to help a ton, but doing some high intensity cardio, like going for a run, even just a mile, that's going to definitely increase your appetite. But the other thing to remember is you're not uh, as big as you were when you were 23 pounds heavier, right? So don't expect to be Um, I wouldn't aim for those calories as your goal, right? I would just aim for the three goals I mentioned, seven to 12 K steps, hitting the gym at least four times per week. And, uh, what was the last one I said? Oh, hitting your protein goal. All those things are going to increase your maintenance right away. And over time as well, a lot of things, a lot of times you hear people say building muscle increases your metabolism and it does, but what they don't tell you is one pound of muscle burns about six calories. So it's not by some, I think, and and fat's like three or or four calories per uh, pound. So it's not drastic, guys. So that's something to take into account. Um, Yeah, I think we're 20, 25 minutes into this podcast. I think we're going to call it there. That way I can keep these energetic, keep these bite a little bit semi-bite sized, and do three questions per podcast. So I still have a ton of questions to do. So if you enjoyed this, please subscribe if you're on YouTube or hit the follow, whatever button is on Spotify or Apple. I don't even know what to say, but yeah, let me know. DM me your questions, email me your questions if you want a question to come on the podcast. Um, Yeah, and I'll talk to you soon.